0: Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. We're glad you're here today. We appreciate everyone being here in the house of God. We're going to have a great time. We had a great time this morning. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. I believe that today. I don't believe you're here by coincidence. I believe that the Lord set it up so you could be here this morning to hear this message. I'm excited today to be with you and uh, my wife's birthday. I met her in high school, and um, I was 21. No, I wasn't. I was the same age as her. She always says, "You're you're this age." I go, "You're the same age as I am." You know, she she said, "No, you're an old man." But anyway, uh, we we uh, we met in high school. And uh, I think you guys know the story. She liked some other guy. She, she liked the wrong guy. And uh, she, didn't really, she didn't realize she needed to like me. And somehow I got in there and, and I won. I won the competition. So glad I won. The Lord made it that way. She was going to marry... Or be together with Bozo. And, and I didn't want her to be with Bozo. She needed to be with me. And so anyway, that's a whole other story. But I'm, I'm delighted. I'm glad I married her. And uh, we've been married 38 years. Believe that? 38 years. A couple more years. And uh, we'll be married 40 years. So it's, uh, it's amazing uh, what God has done. And she's tolerated me and believed in me. So I, I, I appreciate her so much. I don't know where she's at. But she probably stepped out for just a moment. Anyway, happy birthday to my... Lovely wife Letty. Come on, man. Isn't that awesome? Well, we're in a we're in a series this morning and we've started it this month called Timeless. And what we're talking about this month is we're saying that there are certain values in life, there are certain attributes that never change. Virtues that have no expiration date, and when I talk about virtues and attributes, what we're talking about is uh, respect, love, all of these different ones, responsibility, uh, truth, generosity, these are values that never change. In fact, I was driving through Lakewood yesterday, and I seen that sign that says times change, values don't. And so there's timeless, there's no time limit on value. They should never change. And here's the question: what are your values? Because what you value is going to shape everything about your life. There are a lot of people that will tell you, Well, it doesn't matter what I believe. And I'm here to tell you that it actually does matter what you believe. Because your belief will determine your behavior, and your behavior will determine what you end up being or becoming. And so I want to read a verse of scripture. And then we're going to pray and ask the Lord to help us as we dive into this message today. Uh, Out of Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 7, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. How many know that's good advice already? Don't trust in yourself, don't trust in people, but trust in God. And lean not on your own understanding. That's our problem. We always try to think what we want and lean upon our own opinion. Rather than God, because in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Realize that God is in charge. He's large and in charge, right? And He will direct your path. Do not be wise, it says, in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So let's pray as we get ready to minister this message today. Father, I thank you for your spirit, I thank you for every person. That's sitting in this building, wherever they're at, wherever they're at spiritually, wherever they're at emotionally, mentally, wherever they're at in life right now, I pray that the Word of God would just stand out. The Word of God would just come alive in their spirit. And God, that you'll just remove all the distractions, all the stuff that's there, so that they can clearly hear your spirit and your Word. I pray anoint every word that I speak today anoint uh, my lips today to declare your word and that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus name. And everyone said, so this morning I'm going to talk about trust. They trust. And here's the question today. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to trust? There's a lot of information out there, a lot of articles today that are talking about There's a dramatic decline in trust in our society. We are what we call a cynical nation or a a doubting nation, a skeptical nation. And people are skeptical about everything. There are many articles about the high cost of low trust. Customers don't trust businesses. Employees don't trust their managers. Nobody trusts the police anymore. In fact, they did a survey and they found that Americans, uh, uh, the least trusted professions in America are used car salesmen. I may have ever met one of those guys. They can make everything work. Don't worry. We get good credit. Don't worry about it. 20% interest. It's all good. And then, uh, and then uh, t- no one trusts TV reporters and advertisers. And at the bottom of the barrel are politicians. On the other hand, the most trusted profession in America, nurses, pharmacists, and grade school teachers. Pastors came in number nine. So I'm going to give you guys some medicine today, okay? So here's what I want to let you in on a secret, though. Even though nurses and pharmacists and all these people or maybe the high. I'm gonna tell you, people are people and they're gonna let you down. Even the most trusted. So let me ask you this today. Most of us have probably probably have experienced some kind of hurt or some kind of betrayal by someone that you trusted. Maybe it was apparent father, mother, maybe it was a brother or a sister, maybe it was a real close loved one, maybe it was a boss, and you've experienced the hurt of broken trust. And there's nothing more than experiencing broken trust by someone that you never thought would break that trust. We've all been there. And we have to get back to a place. This is why I'm ministering this timeless value of trust because we got to get back to a place where it doesn't become a spiritual disability and it keeps you because if you don't trust, you're not going to have deep relationships. You're not going to commit to anything. You're going to become isolated. You're going to become stressed. You're going to become lonely. You're going to become burned out. Because you do not know or you have begin to shy away from trust. All of us need to get back to a place where we can trust again. And a couple of things we need to do, and I'll just, even though it's not part of my message, but I'm going to share it with you anyway, you got to relinquish your rights. Because a lot of us say, I have a right not to trust. And if anyone had a right not to trust, it was Jesus. How do you know, he was betrayed by his best friends. And when he needed them, they all forsook him. And yet after he rose again, he trusted them again to go out and preach the gospel. Isn't that forgiveness? So we have to learn how to relinquish our rights and learn how to forgive again. And I believe the second thing is we need to refocus not on people, but on God. We need to refocus on the plan of God for our lives. How many believe that God does have a plan for you? And so in spite... Of all the decline and all the skepticism today, the reason why people have broken trust is because there's been a lot of bogus promises by people, and they break them. This is why we don't trust people. And one of the main reasons why we don't trust people is what I talked about two weeks ago. If you weren't here, I talked about truth decay. And the problem is people think that uh, they value what works... Rather than value truth, not long as it works, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. People say, if it works, we'll just do it. It doesn't matter. And this is why today we have this society that is so skeptical about what what truth is or what trust is because they've not learned that truth and trust go together. If you don't believe someone's telling the truth, you're not going to trust them. But the moment you begin to believe that they're telling you the truth, then trust and truth go together. And I can tell you, there's someone that always speaks the truth, and his name is Jesus. How many can say amen to that? So let me just say this to you. What causes all of this stress in our life is because we've been wired, believe it or not, naturally we've been wired to trust. God created you for relationship. God created you this morning so you can connect with people. And the only way that happens is we learn how to trust. If you don't learn to trust God, you will begin to trust in something else. And this is what many people do when they don't trust God. They begin to trust in the diploma on the wall. And that gives them security. They begin to put trust in the money in the bank. They begin to trust in their own self-esteem. They begin to put trust in their husband or in their wife. They begin to trust their sources of income and career and go and they create something to trust, and they begin to worship what they trust in. Whatever you create something, you begin to trust in it. So let me just give you this. Anytime you or I trust in a person or anything more than God. Listen to me. When we put more value on someone or something more than God, guess what we created? We created an idol. That's what an idol is. An idol is not necessarily something that's carved out. An idol is not uh, uh, some type of item. But an idol can be anything that you put trust in more than you do God. That becomes your idol. In fact, the second commandment in the book of Exodus, it talks about do not make any idols or graven images because he knew, God knew, that man naturally will begin to create their own idols if they don't trust him. Deuteronomy chapter four says this, for your own good, don't sin by making an idol in any form. Doesn't matter what form it is, don't do it. Uh, he's given us, again, for your own good. God knows uh, that when we do that, it's going to destroy our lives. So here's the three things that I'm going to talk about. You can write them down. Uh, what happens when I trust in something else or someone else more than God? That's going to be the first one. The second one is, what did, why does did it seem difficult to trust God, and the third thing I'm going to talk about, what are the reasons that I really ought to trust God with all of of my life? So the first one I want to talk about is what happens when I trust something else more than God. You're going to be disappointed. Am I right? The Dodgers. (laughs) You put your trust in them and look what happened. 111 games. Did you imagine? Anyway, that's a whole different thing. They were a letdown. I was depressed yesterday, but I got over it. I'm moving on with my life. <laughs> and, and you just think about it. it. Whenever you put your trust in something else more than God, you're going to be disappointed. Number two, you will be dominated. So I'm going to talk about when you put your trust in something more than God, number one, you're going to be disappointed. Anytime I expect other people to meet my need more than God, I'm going to be disappointed. Anytime you expect something or someone to fulfill your life, it's going to, you're going to be disappointed. Let let me just say this, even good things in your life can become a disappointment and become an idol. Are you ready for this? Your family can become an idol. Your children can become an idol. Your wife... Can become an idol. Your husband can become an idol. Anytime you put them before God and you expect them to fulfill all of your needs, let me just tell you, you're going to be let down because no one or no thing can fulfill your life. How many times have you met someone that says, "Man, if I just get married, then I'm going to be completely happy"? Those that are married know that that's not true. Am I right? I'm not saying you're not happy, but it's not going to be completely happy. Am I right? There are times where you're going to let one another down. It's the truth. But we, when we start to put our whole mind and our whole soul on our marriage, that this right person is going to fulfill my life, the soulmate is going to fulfill me, you are creating an idol. When you say, man, if I just get this job, if I just make this amount of money, I'm going to feel significant. I'm going to feel confident. It's going to fulfill my life. Uh, My life's going to be fantastic. I'm telling you, you are creating an idol and you're going to be disappointed. Can I just tell you this? You're setting yourself up for disappointment. I tell people all the time, don't set yourself up for disappointment. Because you're putting this high expectation on this other person or this thing to fulfill your life. And no one can do that but God. Look at what the Bible says about idols in Jeremiah 10, 14. Those who make idols are what? Are disillusioned. Man, you're, you're, you're basically lost. Uh, Hebrews 2.18, of what value is an idol for he who makes it trust in his own creation? It's crazy. How can you trust in the very thing you created? How many of us have ever watched documentaries of these uh, people that live in the Amazon jungles and you watch them and they, they get a piece of wood and they carve it all up and, and they do all of this and before you know it, they put this idol and they're all bowing down to it. You created it. How could you bow down to it? It has no power. You're the one that just carved it all out. How is this thing that you created going to have power over your life? And can I tell you, we do the same thing with with our careers, with our relationship, with our bank accounts. Come on, somebody. We act as these things are going to give us meaning and going to fulfill our life. And can I tell you, the only one that can do that is Jesus. He's the only one. See, when you create something to worship, you create something to trust in, then you don't trust God. And it's pretty amazing to me how many people spend that literally billions of dollars, I looked it up last night, on horoscopes, on psychic hotlines, on palm reading, on key leaves and crystals and things you put around your neck and little statues on the car to keep you safe, all of these things, none of those things are going to help you. It says Isaiah forty four twenty 20 says, the poor deluded fool is trusting in something that can give him no help at all. Yet he cannot bring himself to ask, is this thing, this idol alive? So when we trust in anything besides God to take care of us, ultimately, we're going to be disappointed and we're going to be disillusioned. Number two, you're going to be dominated by the very thing you idolize. Look at what the scripture says, 1 Corinthians 12, 2, you were controlled by dead idols who led you astray. So anything you value more in life than God is going to be an idol. If I were to ask you today, uh, tell me what are the Uh, most important things in your life right now, and if you said all these other things and God was not at the top, that had become your idol. And let me just say this, an addiction, you know how an addiction starts? Something becomes so important in your life that pretty soon you think you're controlling it, but it's actually controlling you. Did you hear me? We put so much of it. How many of you know? Social media, are, are, man, we can't live without our phones. And, oh, my God, my phone. And, and so you begin to put so much control in it, it begins to control you. Book of Psalms says those who make idols end up like them. And so does everyone who trusts in him or trusts in them. So whatever you value the most, you're going to become like If you value pleasure, if you value materialism, if you value all these things, you're going to become like it. But if you value Jesus, you'll become a new believer. You'll become a new creation. So whatever you put your top value in will begin to shape you. And if it's not God, it's going to warp you. So we need to be careful today. What are we putting first in our lives? And what are we putting number one in our lives? The reason why we create idols is we want a God that we can control. Have you ever talked to people about God and the things of God? You'll be be like really blown away by people's philosophy. Like you go, what have you been reading? Who told you this? Oh, I just came up with it myself, you know, and, and what people want to do is they want to shrink God to a place where they can manage God. They want to reduce God to a little box and we want to assign God a little location and we want to put him in this little location here. So when we need help, we can go to him. And when, and when he's not around, we can just do whatever we want because we got God over here. He's not in here. God's in a little location here. And we go out and do whatever we want to do. And then after we've done and, and if we need God, we come and, and we get him out of the box. You know, that's not a God. That's a genie. That's a genie. That's what you have. You don't have God. You have a genie. You created something so that uh, you don't have to give your life to him. You don't have to commit to him. You don't have to surrender to him. And all he does is help you when you need his help. You want a God that you can control. And God doesn't work that way. Can I tell you, oftentimes, I'll say it here, uh, you know, welcome, we're glad you're in the house of God, but how many know in reality, this isn't the house of God? There's not enough building that can hold the presence of God. How many know that? <laughs> now, we say this is the house of God because it's presence, but in reality, God's so big, he's bigger than any building. He's bigger than the world. He's a sinner, and he created the universe. He holds the universe between his thumb and his finger. Can you say amen? So he, he, he's a God that cannot be confined or uh, basically whittled to, to a little bit, uh, uh, to a box, and we're not careful. We begin to reduce God so he can just be convenient, so he can fit our style. We customize God to what we want him to be. And here's the question, do I exist for God or does God exist for me? Is God serving me or am I serving God? A lot of us this morning, you want God to be your genie, so you want God to serve you, but you don't want to serve God. And these are the philosophies that we have. So we created this idol, and we've made an image of God that is not true to God, that you're misrepresenting who God is. This is why God was saying, don't make idols. Don't misrepresent me. Don't lie about me. Don't make an idol about me and create something that isn't true about me. Are you listening to me? And if we're not careful, we try to customize and fashion God the way we want him to be fashioned. And I'm telling you, that's not the God of the Bible. We got people today, they just want to be like God. There's the guy in in the Bay Area a number of years ago, he wanted to change his name to God. Can you imagine? Here's God. Hey, God, how's it going? He wanted to be called God. And he actually went to change his name. Can I tell you, from the very beginning of time, man has wanted to be God. In fact, the first temptation in the Bible, when God had given Adam and Eve instruction that they could not eat from the fruit of that tree in the center of the garden, because God wanted to teach them right from wrong, he said, you can have everything else. Can you imagine, you can have everything else... You can have everything in the garden, but just don't eat of the tree of the garden. And what's the first thing they do? They go right to that. How many times did we tell our kids, don't touch the stove? They got the whole house, but they want to come and touch the stove, right? They want to do that. Like, I told you don't do it. The very thing you tell them not to do, that's what they want to do. I've seen it here in this building. We have this whole building. and What do the kids want to do? They want to jump on this platform. <laughs> you better get your kid, because anyway, <laughs> take care of your kids i tell you why, this is an expensive platform. Everything on here, all this equipment, and I'm going to send you a bill if they touch and mess up that screen right there. Anyway, that's another question. But here, here we are. Let me move on. I'm just kidding, okay? Or am I? But let's go on. We want to be like God. So here's what the devil told Eve. Eve said, you know, God told us not to eat of the fruit, and the and devil said, uh, you know what? God knows that if you eat this fruit you're going to become like him. And so what does Eve do? She eats it, gives it to her husband, right? And he eats it. and Why? Because they were tempted to be like God. All of us, believe it or not, we want to be like God. And I'm here to tell you that's been the problem for mankind for centuries. Did you know that the decline of the Roman Empire, their problem was morally and ethically, they begin to decline, but they begin to create gods of their own to fit their lifestyle. So if people wanted to go out and get drunk and drink and do all of that, they created a God called Bacchus. So you serve the God of Bacchus. If you're always drinking, want to live it up, you serve the God of Bacchus. If a person wanted to go out and have sex with anyone, everyone, they, they created a God called Venus. And so Venus was the God of sex. just, hey, you know, I can do this because I serve Venus. So people created any kind of God that they want to uh, as long as it fit their lifestyle. And this is what a lot of Americans do. We begin to form our philosophy about who God is in our life so it can match and justify what you're doing. We do that on social media. He's our social media God. And our social media, God, lets us say whatever we want because God's on my side. God's on my opinion. And so we serve the God that we want and we create this God. But I'm telling you, you're misrepresenting God. And when you misrepresent God, you tick God off. God said, don't do it. Don't create idols. Don't misrepresent me. Are you with me? Don't create something that's not true. He said, you're misrepresenting me. You're making an idol. You're basically deceiving people with who I am. He goes, that's not who I am. Believe it or not, there's even religions where they put all the religions together, and basically everybody, uh, uh, all these religions, they all match. And I want you to know today, that's not of God. That's a cult. Because we're trying to fit things for our lifestyle, and justify what we're doing. The second thing, write this down. Why don't we trust God more? Why do I end up trusting in other things instead of trusting God? Can I tell you why? The answer is because you don't really know who God is. The reason you don't trust God, listen to me. The reason you don't really trust God is because you really don't know who God is. You have your philosophies, you have your own understandings, and can I tell you, your philosophy doesn't mean anything to God. You don't trust, see, listen to me, how many know, we cannot trust somebody we don't know. I mean, if if you have your baby and and, and all of a sudden you're walking down the street, some says, can I hold your baby? Oh yeah. Are you going to give them your baby? Of course you're not. If you go outside and somebody you never met, say, can I, can I have your car keys? Oh, yeah, sure, go ahead, drive my car. You, you're not going to do that. You're not going to trust somebody you don't know. Am I right? All of us this morning, the only way we trust someone is because we know them. The reason why many of us don't trust God is because you don't know him. Ooh, you don't know the God of the Bible. You got these phony ideals about God. You have these phony philosophies about God, that don't line up with the word of God, and there's no truth in them. See, the God that we serve, listen to me, the God that we serve speaks to us through his word. Can you say amen? The God that we serve has a standard in which we're supposed to live. The God that we serve gives us instruction, Bible, amen, basically basic instruction before you leave earth, right? That's what the Bible says, right? No, that's what, that's what the word Bible means, right? <laughs> So look at this. Think about this. If you think about your life and where your heart is today and what you're investing in, why is it that we don't trust God? It's because we really don't know God and we made God our own idol. We listen to these podcasts. We listen to this theology on social media, but it doesn't line up with God. Some people have The whole wrong image of God. You ever met people? Some people think that God's up up, up in the sky and He just can't wait to punish you. He can't wait for you to do something wrong. Oh, I'm gonna zap that guy. You know, God's waiting. You know, boom. He's he's waiting to punish you. He can't wait to get you. Oh, I'm gonna get this guy this morning. I got you. That God's not looking. God loves you. He cares about you. Uh, If you're a father, you're not out in the morning trying to get your kid. Like, man, I can't wait till he does something bad. You're trying to help that kid, right? You're trying to give him some direction, trying to get him to do right. You're, you're bringing discipline. I mean, know you should discipline your kids. If you don't, you're going to pay the price later. Brings a little bit of discipline and guidance, right? You want to bring some instruction, but you don't want to destroy them. That's not the God. Or some people think that God is like Father Christmas. He just gives you whatever you want. And you can do whatever you want because he'll give you whatever you want. Or some people think that God is some force. How many know the force be with you? Right. That's that's a great movie, but it's not great theology. I like the movie, but it's not great theology. Okay. God's not in everything. God's not about everything. Amen. God created everything, uh, but God's in your heart. He's not in this chair. He's in your heart. How many know that today? So we got all these different philosophies of who God is, and it's really warped thinking. And the classic one is when I talk to people and says, well, I like to think of God this way. And you start talking to people, hey, well, let me tell you about the Lord. Well, let me, let me tell you, what." And I, no disrespect, uh, but you're just guessing. You don't know. You don't know the God that we're talking about because if you knew him, you would trust him. See, God today is, is not a God that we could just make up our own mind and make him to be whatever we want. God is a God of truth. And God wants us to follow his truth today. And God has laid out who he is. See, when you trust God, then you won't be so worried about so many things. The reason why we worry is because we don't trust. So let me give you a few things why we should trust God completely. Are you ready for this? Number one, because he always tells the truth. How many believe that? I want a God that always tells me the truth and when you look in the word of god god is truth incarnate basically everything the essence of god's nature is he tells the truth everything about god is true in fact let me read you the scripture hebrews 6:18 we can completely count on him in other words you can trust him why for it is impossible for god to lie is there anything god can't do yes He cannot lie. God cannot lie. Why? Because God will never contradict himself. God will never go against his nature because God is the essence of truth. He is absolute truth. See, I don't care what society says. There's no absolute truth. You're a fool. The absolute truth is God. Hallelujah. He is absolute truth. So there's one, there's one person that you can count on today, and he is God. In fact, Jesus said, we know it in John 14:6." He says, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. Somebody say amen. He is the truth. So you don't have to look for truth somewhere else. You don't have to believe this person. Truth is standing uh, right in front of you by his presence and talking to you. And through the word of God, he's trying to show you the truth. In fact, the Bible says in Romans 3, 4, let God be true and every man a liar. So I can tell you today, men will lie. God will never lie. In fact, if we're honest, we're all kind of liars. Now, don't, don't lack holy, we are. How many of us have broken promises before? And, you know, maybe you didn't intentionally break a promise, but you broke it, right? All of a sudden, you say you're going to take the kid to Disneyland, and you found out the price. Of, no, we're not going to Disneyland this year. You lied. Am I right? You didn't tell the truth. Or, hey, I'm going to call you back, but you got busy, and you didn't call him back. You lied again. You know, I'm going to do this, and you know, you didn't have enough money, or you couldn't meet them, or something came up. We've all done it. We've all let somebody down. We, we all lied at one time, but can I tell you, we serve a God that cannot lie. He will never lie. He'll never let you down. I said, he will never, never let you down. Number two, why can I trust God, and why, when you begin to know him, you'll begin to realize he loves you. I don't believe that God loves you. God created you, and he gave you a purpose. But here's the thing I want to say to you, that he loves you. There's no greater love than this, than one person laid down his life for his friend. And here is Jesus. The Bible says, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died on the cross. While we were in sin, he, couldn't, he didn't wait for you to get it right because we couldn't get it right. He didn't wait for you to be perfect because you'll never be perfect. It says, while you are yet a sinner, Christ died for you. And, of course, we know the ultimate scripture of Jesus demonstrating his love for us in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, all of you, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That is the greatest expression of love, So if you want to know how much God loves you, he stretched out his arms and he died for you. How many thank God for that? That God loves you that much and he cares about you that much. And so why should we put our trust in God? Because he loves us. Because he cares about us. Because today, friend, nobody will love you more than God. And I love this scripture. It says, we know how much God loves us, so we have put our trust in him because God's perfect love drives out fear. It says his perfect love drives out fear. You know why we don't really trust God? Because we think, well, I'm going to lose my freedom. If I trust God, I'm going to lose my fun. If I trust God, I'm not going to be accepted. If I trust God, all these, how many know, man, God, when, when you trust God, he'll give you more freedom than you've ever had in your life. Man, you'll have the greatest joy than you have. You'll have real joy without alcohol and drugs. Can you say amen? amen? You'll have real fulfillment in your life and you'll have the peace and forgiveness of God. It's amazing to me how many people won't trust God, but you'll trust the pilot on the airplane and you've never even met him before. You don't know if he's a drunk. You don't know if anything's wrong with. But you get in a plane, you never even think twice. It's amazing to us how many of us can put our trust in. But yet we can't put our trust in God. And here's the third reason why we should completely trust God is because He's in control. I said God's in control. I said it earlier. He's large and in charge. And so there's something about God. There is a word for that. When God's in complete control, there's a theological word called sovereignty. That means God is in complete control. He knows everything. He sees everything. He's in charge of everything. Nothing surprises God. There's nothing greater than God. I don't care what this person said or that person said or that world power did or what this decision was made. God is in charge. At a snap of a finger, he can change things because God is large and in charge. Can you say amen? Isaiah 14, 24 said, The Lord Almighty has sworn, surely I have planned, I don't know if I gave him the scripture, so it will be, as I have purposed, So it will happen. So God is working his purpose. God is working his plan. God is moving through history in this climax, in this uh, arena. And he does whatever he wants because he's in charge. He's in control. And even when you don't think he's working, uh, he's working on the outside. He's working on the inside. Amen. God is working. Hallelujah. Even when I don't see it, he's working. It never stops. It never stops working. Oh, yeah, I love that song. Anyway, he's working. I mean, he's doing And even when he's silent, he's not absent. And even when it doesn't look like it, he's still doing something. See, God today is in charge. It doesn't matter what your opinion is. It doesn't matter when you don't see certain things changing. I'm telling you, God is still in control. It doesn't matter who's in charge of, 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 of this nation, who the president is, who the governor is. All that. I pray for all of them, but ultimately, I know God is in charge. He's the one that's doing it. He's the one that's working. Look at what it says. Romans 8, all of us know the scripture. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good of those who love God and are called according to. To his purpose. It doesn't say everything is good or that everything good God causes. God causes everything to come together, even the evil that's done, even the bad that's done, even the things that are... It doesn't mean that God causes evil. doesn't mean that God causes cancer. It doesn't mean that God causes pain. It means that God causes even our bad decision, our dumb decision, the hurt, the pain, and he causes all of them to work together for good because he's in control and he's sovereign today. That's not why I'm not worried about the headlines. I'm not worried about what the newscasters say. I'm not worried about this and that. I'm not in panic because ultimately, I'm, I'm not frightened. I know God's in control. I'm not frightened by all of these things. It's obvious, amen, our society needs Jesus, It's obvious our decaying of morality in our society. Uh, It doesn't shock us anymore of the number of crimes that are out there, the videos that are out there. Man, America doesn't even blush at some of these videos out there because I'm telling you today, we have become a society numb to a lot of things. Uh, And I'm just going to tell you today, all of these things that hurt the heart of God, but I still believe that God's in control. I said his purpose is going to to be fulfilled and if we'll believe God for that today see God allows uh, because God is in control he still allows free choice he still allows freedom of choice this is why we have pain this is why we have hurt because he allows you to make dumb decisions if you want to he allows you to destroy your life if you want to you have freedom of choice See, a lot of people look at that and go, I have freedom of choice. Yeah, you have freedom of choice, but here's the thing. You don't have freedom from the consequences of your choices. And there's always consequences to the choices that you make. Can I recommend you make better choices? And if you put God in your life, you'll learn how to make better choices for your life. And you won't ruin it and, and mess it up. And if you'll let God work it out, amen. But if you want to go ahead and make all these bad decisions, snort cocaine, do whatever you want to do, get loaded. You can do all, everything you want, friend. But I'm telling you, you're not free from the choices that you make. Amen. The consequences, I should say. But if you'll let God be in control, man, he'll change everything. The fourth thing, and I'm going to close it with this, God will help us when we can trust him completely. When we trust God completely, He'll help us. I'm telling you today, here's the scripture I read from the very beginning trust in the Lord with all of your heart, Proverbs chapter three, and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways. Acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. There's something about putting your trust in God, don't depend on your own understanding. Don't depend on your own viewpoint. How many know God has a different viewpoint? God sees differently. He's larger. He's bigger than you. He has a whole different viewpoint than you do. And how is it, friend? How do you know if you're really trusting God that you're willing to obey God? You're willing to do what he's telling you to do. You won't delay. You won't think about it. You won't procrastinate How do you know you trust in God? You'll do what he called you to do. You will obey him. How many have ever had or you've ever seen like a child crossing the street and he doesn't have the big picture? He doesn't see what's going on, but the parent does. And the parent says, Stop. Don't move. Don't walk. And the child says, What's going on? I mean, you know, I can just the ice cream trucks right across the street. I remember seeing a friend run across the street and go to the ice cream truck, but he didn't see the car, and it hit him. Didn't kill him, thank God. But he did cry, I can tell you that. It was, he in a lot of pain. But I remember someone was yelling at him, stop, don't go, and he didn't see the big picture with the big street, he didn't, he didn't see it, but the person did. See, can I tell you, God's telling you to stop because you don't see the bigger picture in your life. If you'll just trust God, man, he'll help you. If you'll just trust God, he can see you through whatever is going on in your life, whatever problems or issues you have. Friend, I'm telling you today, God is a God that you can trust. If you'll get to know God, he'll change your life like nobody else can. I have learned in my life to trust him, not to be afraid of him. I've learned in life, I've learned to have the peace of God because I trust him. There are many times that people come and they'll tell me the story of things that are going on in their life. They need prayer. and Sometimes they want advice. And you know, the only advice I can give them many times is, let's trust God. And they all look at me like, that's it. That's it. That's all, that's all I got. Amen. Because we're going to have to trust God. I, I don't know the answer. Most of the time when people come to me, I don't know the answer. But I know who has the answer. And I know who is the answer. And I tell them, let's trust God. Let's trust God. I, I, I don't have words to tell you. I don't have an explanation. I don't have all these different answers. A lot of times people think the pastor has all the answers. If I did, I'd, I'd be rich somewhere. I'd be down in the Middle East, amen, living like a Saudi Arabia or something. Who knows, right? But I don't have any of that stuff. I just trust God with my life. And I've just learned. you know. And can I just be honest with you? Things don't always turn out the way I want them to turn out. Every prayer, every 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 prayer that I've ever prayed didn't get answered. Lots of things didn't turn out the way I wanted them to turn out. Things didn't turn around the way I thought they were. Things didn't turn out the way I thought they were gonna turn. But can I tell you at the end of the day, I trust God and I have the peace of God? That God knows better than I do. That even when I don't see it, He's working. Even when I think, man, I, this is a better choice, I trust God. God, you know you know better than I do. God, you have a better view. You got a bigger picture. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk with that peace. And sometimes, it's what I said to the, to the earlier service at 9 o'clock, many of us, what we do, listen to me, I've, I've said this many times, but I want to remind you because I want to help you. Many times when things happen that we don't have an explanation, we don't know You know, all these different things that happen. Our first thing is why. We always say why. Why? Why this? Why that? And and I'm saying that's natural. But can I tell you, instead of asking why, why don't you ask what? What can I learn from this? What can I do better? And not only say what, maybe how. How can I make a difference? What do I need to do next? How can I help somebody? how can I go on this way? What can I do? Because many times the why you'll never know, but the what you can do something about. The how you can do something. And when you trust God, friend, I'm telling you, he'll see you through in life. So I'm going to pray. Why don't we bow our heads, close our eyes for a moment.